Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Improv artist Mike Dominey is interviewed by Lynn Baber on today's episode about the practical life lessons one can learn from improv, especially the value of adaptability. Welcome to Creatively Christian Podcast. I'm your host today, Lynn Baber, and I am thrilled to have as my guest today, Mike Dominey. Mike is author of a book titled Thrown Off Script. He's driven by his calling to communicate the truths of the Bible creatively and equip others to do the same. Since joining 321 Improv in 2011, that's a long time, Mike. It's been a minute. He's traveled the country encouraging people to discover the joy Jesus offers in the midst of this unscripted life. He currently resides in New Hampshire with his wife and daughter. And so welcome, Mike. Fantastic. I am so glad to be able to sit and chat with you, Lynn. It's going to be great. Well, we sat and chatted um, at a meeting that we were both at here a couple of weeks ago, and I was just fascinated. And if I don't ask you specifically, I just really want you to share your improv rules with, oh, the, absolutely. with the audience. But the first thing I want to ask you is this. So very rarely do I see someone describe themselves as an author, coach, and actor specifically an adaptability coach. And I have to throw this in a ramen soup experimenter. Oh yes. Bring us on your journey, Mike. All right. We're going to cover a lot of ground here just off of the bio. That's fantastic. Uh, All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, actor, author, coach, first of all, uh, was, is the actor element. All right. Like I, um, I've, always loved theater. I've always loved performance. My first actual play was like sophomore year of high school, but I had done, you know, skits and stuff before that and, and really fell in love with it ever since. So that is, that's what I feel called to do is to, is to perform, is to be on stage. And, uh, and ever since then, it's just been honing, okay, what can I do with that? What, how can that make an impact, you know? And, and so uh, I ended up joining 321 improv and i'll tell you what though it people will say what mike like i bet you were like the class clown right in high school and everything because you're doing all this improv crazy comedy and stuff and no no i uh i was like the type a i was like trying to get all my plans in order i just wanted everything mapped out right and uh and it was and so when the opportunity came up it was a couple years after college that uh, this email to kind of invite me to audition for this uh, came in and it was recommended by a professor. And um, at that point I was like, Nope, that sounds horrifying. Don't, don't want to do that. And, um, but it just kind of ended up being honestly just the opportunity to do it. And I didn't have much else to really go on. And it was just this wide open door. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then fell in love with that. And I've learned so much about life just from doing improv and I'm like okay now this is this is some content here you know it's not just going up and entertaining not just having a good time on stage but actually using this as a platform to be able to teach people um, in my case now about how to 
adapt to the interruptions and the unexpected in life. Cause that's what improv is, right? It's, it's, you don't have a plan or if you do have a plan, it's going to get derailed really quickly and being okay with that and, and thriving in that situation. And so, uh, so that covers the actor and, and the author and, and the coach. Right. And uh, from that experience, uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote thrown off script uh, just, just last year, l- less than a year ago at this point, July of uh, 2020. And, um, and I've really kind of in that book compacted all of the things I've learned about improv and uh, translated them to teach people how to adapt to the unexpected in a way that gets them to grow closer to God, which I believe is what all of those opportunities are really uh, there for us to do. Um, and as far as ramen goes, I, uh, I, I once got a, one of those crates, those man crates, uh, my wife got for me for uh, for a Father's Day once, and it was just like a, this ramen soup kit. I'm like, whoa! It just opened my eyes <laughs> to all of the uh, the world of uh, not just shaking in that gross, you know, powder in it, but can do also all sorts of things. So I've been experimenting ever since. I feel you like that. Feel like that covers everything. You, you're not only improv on stage and improv in life, but you're a kitchen improv. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you take the rules and you just, you know, you, whatever, whatever brings you joy. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I have to just say, you know, kudos. I'm currently bowing. If you're listening and not watching on zoom, I'm kind of like doing the, you know, bowing thing because <laughs> I, I am a kitchen is not my best subject and I can't imagine what you could do with ramen, but I'll, I will trust you. Well, don't be too impressed. Ultimately it's still just ramen, but it uh, makes me happy. Yeah. But if you're creative with ramen, I'm sorry, that is good. Oh, there yes, you go. That is good. So slice some veggies. You you've got options. I'm sorry. You, you just slice up some veggies. You know, it it ramps it up, ramps it up real quick. I wanted to ask you this. So, so yeah. here you are, and you know that that you want to perform, and you're called to be on stage. So, if we have somebody in the audience, and they said, "You know, I just feel called, and I'm pulled to speak in front of people," I think the number one thing most of us would think about would be preaching. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you take, you know, when did you first know that you wanted to use this platform, you know, to share, you know, the depth and possibility of a relationship with Jesus Christ and to do it in something that usually doesn't, you know, uh, come to mind for most of us. Sure. You know what? It started for me in high school when there we just had some um, some youth retreats and some mission trips. And because I was like, kind of like the theater guy, uh, we had the idea of like, well, Mike, why don't you like write some write some skits, write some sketches, you know, and and we can perform them to to kind of teach some biblical truths in that way. And that was that was new to me. And that was uh, I learned so much of like, oh, man, like you can take what what appears appears kind of dead or stale in the Bible. Not that the Bible is dead or stale by any means, but what people perceive, they just can't relate to it. And you just, you just embody that or when you speak that in a fresh and relevant way, then it's not about bringing the Bible to life. It's because it's already living, but it is helping people recognize the life that's already in scripture. And so um, ever since then, I'm like, well, how can, how can I use the ability to, to read words or to come up with words and 
and translate that into, in a way that engages with people. And um, I found opportunities to, to just even just read scripture in, in church and just in, from an actor's perspective, like you look at it like a script and you see, oh, well, you know, this, the person who wrote this has motivations. They have a target audience that like, it's, it's the same sort of thing. And, um, and so God's been kind of uh, really walking with me and, and exploring new creative ways to communicate truths of scripture from stage. And I, so I would encourage people to, I mean, you're not going to out-create God. He's got so many creative uh, ideas beyond what we can imagine. And so being open to whatever he might have for us, um, if something like, ooh, you just brings you some joy and some fulfillment and you feel passionate about that, like that's such a big green light, like go pursue that, you know, like go for it. You know, Mike, it's so interesting because one of the things I I love when I'm when I'm reading the Bible is when I recognize, when I see those nuances of personality, I go, these were just folks, the people whose names we know and that have survived history and that are recorded for all time. They were just folks. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. We, I don't know. I don't know why we do it. Maybe it's just kind of the history of, of church and, and, and just, we lose the the humanity of the characters in the Bible. You know, we just see it as words on the page. We see it as people we can't relate to. We see it as people who are much different than ourselves. And, and yeah, there's so much uh, in the Bible that if you just, if you see it as an actor, from an actor's perspective, you see like, oh, like I can, I can see where they're coming from, you know? And, and I think, I think God made people <laughs> to, uh, just with that sense of being able to look at the Bible and like, oh man, I, I get that. I can communicate that in a way that people will understand. And it's a powerful thing. Yeah. The, the different characters in the Bible, they obviously played such a role, but I mean, I just firmly believe that there's no one here by accident or coincidence and God does not do something twice. Every mm-hmm. person is unique and whoever you are listening, there isn't another you out there. And there's a reason for that. So to see yourself in relationship with the Lord in the same way that these people that you've read about for, for, for weeks, months, years, or decades, that they're really just like you. And for you to be able to bring that mic to somebody to, so it kind of like sparks their spirit, that is really interesting. I, it's a struggle, I think, for a performer. Uh, who is a Christian and and wants to serve God and is humble, you know, and, and I think it's difficult for that performer personality to step boldly into that role because I think there's, I, I found that there's this perception of, well, you know, a pastor, a preacher, like you mentioned, can be up there every week and, and preach. And that's, everyone expects that. The worship leader in a church service will we'll go and, and lead worship every week, and that's their gifting. But an actor, someone who's gifted by God and called to the stage, there's this perception of, oh, oh well, you just like to be on stage. Oh, you just like to be center of attention. Yeah, and, and I think it, it takes a while to kind of recognize that God gave you that gifting to be on stage, and that's where you can communicate. That's where you can connect with people. And if God's given you that ability to connect with people in that way, then 
shrinking from the stage is the opposite of what you should be doing. Now, of course, we, you know, going forward with humility and knowing when the time is to, is to use your platform and spotlight and when is not. Um, but I, I have spoken with a lot of actors who struggle with that in the church setting as a Christian was well, like, well, I'm not a preacher. So, so is it just, is it selfish to want to be on stage? Like, no, no, it, it's, it's wanting to use that gift that God's given you. Have you, do you know anybody or have you done like regular, you could almost do them as, as per, I don't know what you'd even call a performance sermon where you take, you know, the verse or verses, put it into context and actually bring that to life. And it's when a, a minister or a pastor can do that, when they can make the Bible, as you said earlier, live for the people that mm. are listening Hey, that's supposed to happen every week. Absolutely. You know, I, one of my favorite times on stage was I was part of a very supportive, very creative church for a while and uh, st still am different church. Uh, but I had the opportunity to perform on a Sunday when the, when the pastor was traveling in a way, perform the book of Galatians. And I, I, it took, it took a while, but I memorized the book and I had a whiteboard where I was able to kind of sketch out some of the ideas like in real time that, that Paul's talking about as if he's teaching, he spends a lot of time teaching in Galatians. And so then to basically teach that on a whiteboard and uh, it was, it was intermixed with, uh, with the worship leader leading some songs that kind of fit the theme. And it was just this, an amazing experience of, of, just it was just straight words it was no, none of my original words it was no no writing nothing else scripted just the words of the bible and and people walked away with that of like man i've never heard that verse that way before you know and and what a what a gift that that god can help people recognize the same verses they've known for years and think about them in a new light and see and discover new things about them. Like how creative is that, that God can take a verse that's been around for millennia and you can get something new out of it every time. It's, it's amazing. And, it, and I think that um, it's uh, it's a privilege for the actor to be able to use their skills to, to help people in that way. It's amazing. Well, that reminds me of the passion of the Christ mm. because the screenplay is nothing but scripture. I mean, it's done in the, in Aramaic, but it sounds like that what you did with Galatians is the same thing that was done with the passion of the Christ. And my goodness, um, that gives people, you know, that it, it gives you a, them a visual, uh, a relational, it puts it in a framework. Hmm. Whenever something's in a story, this is just to me, I, I believe story is so important. And I'm, I still work on story as a nonfiction author. Uh, to make sure that even those points in, in Bible teaching or just whatever it happens to be, that it goes in story form because it's easier for us to remember something, whether it's a concept in God's word or anything, if there's a beginning, a middle and an end, and then here's what it means. Absolutely. I mean, God communicates to us in story. The Bible is one long story of how he intended things to be, how we messed it up and how the whole time he had this plan to fix it, right? And we're, the great thing about it is it's not even over yet. We're still living it out. We're still improvising the rest of this story um, according to his plan. And 
uh, it's, it's such a powerful tool story, right? To be able to connect with people in a way that they're going to remember in a way that they see themselves. That's what we love about Bible characters, right? We get to see ourselves in them. We get to see uh, the situations they went through as, as metaphors or maybe exact uh, copies of, of what we're going through today. And, and it's such a, it's such a neat tool that everyone appreciates, but not everyone can is, skilled to be able to maximize i think so so yeah more power to the actors who who uh utilize that to really communicate god's word well i don't know how many actors we have in the audience or that will watch this but i think one of the messages that i hear coming through mike is that you know god gives you insight he gives you inspiration creativity you have natural giftings, then you have things that the Holy Spirit provides. And we know that our role is to give God a return on that investment. But how many, you know, how many people that might be listening will see maybe a, just a different way they might tweak their creative gift to bring the Bible to life, to, to share that, and or even something other than that, whether, I don't know if they work with counselors, I don't think there's any way that you can limit how things are combined to make something new or bigger or more impactful. No, absolutely. Regardless of what your creative gifting is, God has given you an ability to reflect him in that, right? And so, uh, so whatever, whatever you do, whatever you make, whatever you paint, whatever you design, you are acting in, in, in what God has equipped you to do. And as a Christian, there's, there's such a great honor in being able to point people to him in just a new way. There's ways that a, a, a potter can communicate uh, and can reflect God's creativity in that way is, is completely different than anybody who, who, uh, who sews and, or who acts or who writes music. And, and, and it's this whole big mess of art that, that we get to live in and enjoy. And God loves all of it. He just goes crazy over that. That's awesome. Uh, absolutely. Now, because we, we don't have forever, which I, you know, you're just a fabulous interview and, and the things that you're sharing are, they're unique in, you know, we don't have a lot of actor adaptability coaches, people up there <laughs> doing improv for Christ, but I want to make sure we cover the rules. So would you share your basic rules for improv and then just kind of share how you see those working out in life for almost everybody? Absolutely. So if you take any improv class in the country, you're going to cover, uh, you're going to cover these basic rules. All right. Now, first of all, there is a mantra to, to improv. It, all, impro, improvisers know this mantra and it is yes and. That's the foundation of improv, right? And so uh, we'll expand on that a little bit here in a minute, but it, it does mean that yes, first you agree. Yes, you agree with what's going on and then you add value of your own so that, and then you just continue that, uh, at that cycle as you build something. But it starts first with the first rule of improv, I believe, is not saying anything. That's what that's what's horrifies a lot of people. It's like, oh, I don't know what I would say. Like, if you put me on a stage with no script, nothing, no, no words, like what like I don't know what to say. And so the first thing it, it comes as a reassurance, actually, is not to say anything. It's actually to listen. It's 
it's the the difference between responding with something and responding to something. If you are not listening, you're just waiting with a response. You're you want to respond with uh, a, a snarky comment. You want to respond with your idea. You want to respond that blah blah blah. But if you listen, then you know what you're responding to. And you can respond to someone's concern. You can respond to uh, the, the maybe a problem or an interruption that, that came up. And so as listening as is important to the improviser to know what's going on in the scene, it's also important to us. First step, always listen when something doesn't go according to plan, when you're being interrupted to uh, engage, to really actively listen to, to the person or, or to God. Honestly, all all these interruptions in life are his little whispers, his little opportunities he's giving you to lean in and and listen to what he wants to tell you through that. And so, yes, and is the mantra of improvisers. And uh, and like I said, so it starts with saying yes. It's this attitude of yes that says, all right, whatever you say is that's that's what we'll go with. It's awful as the improviser on stage when um, when you come up with an idea and uh, and you say, oh, hey, hey, grandma, I, I'm sorry I'm late. I just wanted to bring you some cookies I baked. And then your other actor on the other side is saying, what? I'm not your grandma. I'm the construction worker building this house. It's like, well, that's that's not a scene. That's confusion that, that the, the scene's dead. It's gone. And so. um someone who is saying yes will accept that like oh i'm the grandma all right and you're my grandson and you're bringing me cookies great like oh well come on in come on in i just uh, i just finished vacuuming the floor okay so whatever and um and then you can go from there and so the first step is agreement and so improvisers have this reflex of not disagreeing not saying no and just accepting with uh, accepting what is being offered. And I found that to be so useful in, in life. Not that we say yes to everybody who asks us to do something. There's obviously times to say no um, to protect your time and to protect what's important to you. But when it comes to God interrupting our plans, I think it's, it's necessary for us to adopt that attitude of, yes, okay, this is what's true now. This is the reality right now. Yes, what's going on right now? If I fight it, it's not helping. It's not gonna. It's not gonna build anything. And I, so, I will, I will agree with that. After decades and decades, I have learned. My, I figured my job is this: I wake up in the morning and I just say yes. Mm. But one thing also about that, Mike, that I think is so powerful, and it's one of the reasons why I just, I just, when I heard your rules, I went, "This is so good." Mm is that even when we're just speaking with somebody else, whether it's, you know, someone in our family or someone we've met, someone maybe that we're negotiating with, but the yes and formula doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to sign their deal, but it's, it's acknowledgement, it's respect, it's starting without confrontation. Mm. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's really acknowledging that we're working together to solve this issue. Instead of making another person the problem, someone, I think we have a, a tendency to view an interruption, someone who interrupts us as the problem. Uh, instead, they're our scene partner. 
we are going to work together to solve the issue. The issue is the problem. They are not the problem. And we don't need to solve them. We don't need to try to get them out of the way so we can continue on with our life and get back on track. It's, it's up to us to work together. And yeah, that attitude is, is so uh, important in, in developing that teamwork mindset. That's good. Are there other rules? Oh, there's, there's quite a few. There's, uh, we talked about listening. All right. Listening and yes. And, and, uh, okay. I would say, uh, my other favorite rule of improv is go all in. I think you, you can tell someone who is on stage and they're just, they kind of held back, right. Kind of uh, have reservations about, well, if I do that, I'm going to look stupid. If I do that, then what are people going to think about me? Like, and, and part of the reason people have such a hard time in improv, and I would then argue to say in life is to, is because they're filtering, trying to figure out what the best next course of action is. And, and well, like, okay, well, if maybe I'll just do kind of a little bit of that, a little bit of this and, and kind of hedge my bet. So if, if it does, if it doesn't work, then you know, I don't look completely stupid. It's not a big loss. Um, And so I would say to an improviser, if, if you're only going halfway, then, then you're, you're only going to receive, you know, half of the, the benefits of, of being able to, to be in a, in that situation. Um, And so when you go all in, like, I can't tell you how many times Lynn I've, man, I've like, drooled i've fallen down i've scraped my elbow on stage i've like fallen off the stage i've lost i kicked a shoe into the audience because i was kicking so hard it's just it's it's just the uh the idea of going all in is i think the only way to to be successful in that activity and uh and people appreciate that people appreciate when you leave it all out there on the line you know and um i think for the christian who's trying to protect themselves, trying to uh, hedge their bets. Uh, I think for an artist who is maybe only pursuing with half the energy or, or less of, uh, with, of what they want to do, I think they're missing a major opportunity to feel fulfilled in what they're doing and to end up their audience is only receiving a portion of what they're capable of. And, um, and so I think me, it's so important. That reminds me of a couple of stories that everybody knows when Jesus, someone says, I'm going to follow you. And he says, well, come follow me. Then they say, oh, but I have to go do this first. Mm. And, and they're really lost because they weren't ready to go all in. Oh yeah. There's a, a fascinating story. And I, I think I've only heard it preached once. Uh, is the story of, I think it was Elisha. Yeah, it was Elisha and King Joash came to him. All right, this is in, where is this? Second uh, Kings 13. Okay, so uh, Joash goes to Elisha and says, oh no, the, there's an army and they're coming. They're coming after us. And Elisha's like, all right, here's what you're going to do. All right, this is, it's crazy. He says, go, uh, open the, open the window and shoot your bow, shoot the arrow out. It's like, great. And he does that. It's like, this is the Lord's arrow. All right. It's like, it means that there's going to be victory over, over your enemies. 
And now then he says, all right, go, go out and now pick up the other arrows and just strike them against the ground. Now that you know that you, victory's in the Lord's hand, go strike the arrows into the ground. And so the king goes and he strikes the arrow once and he strikes it again and he strikes it three times. And then Elisha, his reaction is crazy. He says, what are you doing? He was so mad. He was like, you should have struck the ground seven times. And so your victory is only going to be half complete. And, and, and what a bizarre, it's like, it's like this, what did he just guess the number wrong? It, you know, pick a number one to one to 10, three wrong. It should, it was seven. Um, but what it shows is that when God declared the victory, and you only go in with eh, half the effort that uh, it, it just demonstrates half the faith in that promise, right? It demonstrates half of your passion to go see God's plan through. And Elisha wasn't angry that he only struck the ground three times instead of seven. He was angry at the fact that that God gave you a victory and you only it didn't pump you up. It didn't cause you to just go all out. It didn't cause you to just, you know, maximize the opportunity that opportunity that you had. And, uh, and that's, that's sobering. Sometimes it always makes me wonder, can I strike the ground again? Mm. That's really good. And, and it's going to have to segue in Mike, cause our, our, we're getting close to our time, but boy, we could probably go on here forever because you're fascinating. Could you just kind of like sum up for our audience? a thought of, you know, where they might go, I, you know, the, the go all in, I just think that's, I think that's a fabulous message. I, I really love that you share that. And I thank you for that. Hmm. Just sum up for them, you know, your thoughts today, because uh, you have years at this in many different formats and from different sides of it. And then when you've done that, if you could tell us where people can get in, in touch with you and there will be show notes, but I just want, you know, Mike, go ahead and close this out here. Sure, let's do it. Well, you know what? Here's here's the message that I'm ultimately very passionate about. It's recognizing interruptions and opportunities as God's invitation to a closer relationship with him. And and I know we have been interrupted on a global scale this, you know, in in recent months and what if if it's a major interruption, then it's a major opportunity to get closer to your creator. And we all, we so often want to just get back to the way things were and go back, get back on track. But through this, I think God is showing us that there is a whole new track that we never even imagined that is available to us. And as artists, uh, I know that it's hard to, to take that jump into, well, what if I pursue this full time? Oh, I don't know. Like, or what if I, I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm ready for that. Or I don't think I, that would be too scary. You know, that'd be too scary for me to do. Um, I've, this is something Lynn, I haven't shared even publicly yet because this is uh, this is just fresh on my mind. Uh, just as of talking to God just the other day, but he's, he's been teaching me that, there's a difference between a provision and a calling. I think that uh, it's easy to see when God provides something because he's good and he's God and he provides. Uh, 
maybe it's a stable job, maybe it's uh, an opportunity that that helps in the desert, but that's not where you're supposed to stay, you know, and so and follow God where he moves because he's a constantly moving God. And if we move with him, that's the safest place that we can be. That's excellent. Where can people get a hold of you, Mike Dominey? Well, you know what? If, uh, if you go to thrownoffscript.com, uh, there is a, a fun quiz there that you can use to determine how you react or to discover how you react to the unexpected. And I think there's, there's different ways that, that people react. And I think you'll probably relate to one of them. And, uh, and from there, there's a fantastic resource of a little cheat sheet of how you can now kind of make a plan given your personality of, of when things go not according to plan to, uh, to grow closer to God through that. And I, I, I would offer that resource there. That's free. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun quiz and, and fun materials there. Well, fun materials and resources are always a great thing, especially when we have folks that, you know, creatives are looking for different ways. And, and each of you in the audience, you have something that God has given you. And I just wonder if you felt the calling because you're here and you're listening to this. And I thank you for being here, Mike. I thank you so much. Um, I, I still had a several different questions I wanted to get to, but they'll have to wait for another time. Thank you for joining us today on Creatively Christian. Mike, audience, whether you're watching us or listening to us, it was a blessing having you here and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure and check us out at theophanymedia.com forward slash Mike for more information about this podcast, including the resources that were mentioned in this episode. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.